Glad you're here again. Always glad you made the effort to be here. Glad you remembered to be here every single week. Want to encourage you to invite somebody. Think about already uh, who you're going to invite next week. Want to continue every week to see our men's lunch grow. Again, glad that you're here uh, today. We're going to continue our men's power lunch series, the Bible Driven Man. And today we are we're looking at, and really over the course of this study, we're looking at twelve different issues, twelve different uh, subjects that we deal with as men. And then what the Bible says about that, not what the culture says, not what a, a psychiatrist or psychologist says, not what any expert says. We're going to see what the Bible says uh, concerning these 12 different subjects or issues. Now, uh, my goal in, in the study is that it would be very practical, uh, that it wouldn't be something that doesn't apply to us, but it would be very practical, that would be very relevant to us, something that we're dealing with. And then more than that, that it would be right on time, that as, we, as we're growing and as we're moving as men who desire to follow Jesus Christ, that it would be very relevant for us uh, in this endeavor. Well, today we're going to look at a big, big issue, really a huge issue for us as men today. Today our message uh, is entitled, The Bible-Driven Man and His Eyes. The Bible-Driven Man and his eyes. And we're going to talk about today uh, a subject really that I've never heard anybody uh, talk about in person. We hear lots of things, lots of ideas, but we're going to talk about pornography today uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, here, here's the truth, and I think it's a very clear truth. Here's the truth. Pornography is wrecking havoc on men today. And I believe it, it honestly may be uh, the greatest issue that we face as men today. Now, let me, let me give you some statistics to start off with. Pornography is a $97 billion industry worldwide. It is a $13 billion industry in the United States of America. We hear all this crazy talk for the last several months on $5 billion to build a wall. This one issue is a $13 billion industry in the United States of America. Uh, 79% of men ages 18 to 30 admit, and a lot of these statistics are going to be from people that admit, and I wonder how many wouldn't ever admit, uh, 79% of men 18 to 30 admit looking at pornography monthly. Uh, another statistic that Promise Keepers put out says 51% of all the men that you will meet, uh, all the men that you're going to meet today, 51% of them will have looked at pornography in the last seven days alone. That, that's a staggering statistic. Uh, it is an interesting thing that Christian men, those professing faith in Christ, have the st same statistics as the rest of the culture. And the truth is, statistically, men that, that say they're following Jesus Christ, there is no difference in the, than the rest of the culture. Uh, listen to some of these other statistics. 50% of active pastors... Active pastors, 50% admit that they looked at pornography in the last year. Listen to this one. 37% of active pastors, more than a third of pastors active today, will admit that they struggle with the pornography addiction. 37% of active pastors. Uh, another staggering statistic says this. Since 1995, and, and here's what I'll tell you, 1994, 95 is when the internet is invented. But since 1995, pornography addiction 
is the number one fastest growing addiction in the United States of America. It outpaces all drugs. It outpaces methamphetamines. Talk about meth addiction. It outpaces that. It it outpaces alcohol addiction. The fastest growing addiction in the United States of America. Here's a crazy one. 90% of young people will have viewed hardcore pornography before the age of 16. Now you go by and drive by your school and, and your shive and your central and watch them go into high school. 90, 90% of those kids will have viewed hardcore pornography before the age of 16. The average age to see pornography for the first time, it was 11 years of age. It is now down to nine years of age. The average age to view pornography is nine years of age. Listen, it is an epidemic. It is a growing epidemic and it is wrecking lives in our homes, in our personal lives, in our churches today and in our society. Now, here's what the world says about that. The world says, you know what? That's just normal. The world says, you know what? That's just natural. That's an expected thing. Well, how would you expect any different? The world laughs at the idea that it is a problem. I was reading somewhere that a, a lady in, in, in University of California at Berkeley says we need to introduce our kids to pornography that they would not have some hang up about sex. Uh, the world laughs at the idea that this is a problem. Listen very carefully. What we see and what we take in through our eyes has a profound impact on our lives. That is the biblical truth. What we see as men, what we take in through our eyes has a profound impact. Let me me read what Jesus says in Matthew chapter six, verses 22 and 23. Jesus says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. Satan knows that. Satan understands that. He is aware of that. And so understand what we see and what we take in through our eyes impacts us profoundly as men. First, let me me tell you what pornography does to you. Just to set the context and really understand the, the heaviness of the issue let me tell you what pornography does to you. Now, uh, I could get some, some psychological evidence, and there's a bunch of it. I could get a, a, a physical effort, uh, effect of it, and there's a bunch of statistics on that. Uh, we could get the effects of it in your relationships. Uh, there's a bunch of statistics on that. But let me boil it down to this. Three things that pornography does to you, and this is according to God's Word. First thing is this. Pornography consumes you in sin. Pornography consumes you in sin. Be sure pornography is a sin. It is a perversion of God's plan for sex and for sexuality, and it is a sin. Here's what Jesus says. There were a bunch of people that were were really trying to elevate themselves in their religious practice, and they, they were saying, well, at least I don't do that. And so he, here comes Christ, and they say, well, you know what? At least I don't do that. At least I'm not involved in that sin. And then they say, you know what? At least I'm not an adulterer. You know what? I'm not cheating on my wife. At least I'm not an adulterer. And here's what Jesus says. 
if you have looked on a woman in lust, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. Man, I want you to see this. Sin, pornography is a sin. And I want you to see this. Sin always escalates. You pick your sin. You, you, you decide, I want to focus in on this sin. Sin always escalates. Here's the truth of sin. A little becomes a little more. Isn't that how it works? A little becomes a little more. A little becomes a little more, and then a little more all of a sudden creeps up, and a little more has become a lot. And, and then a lot all of a sudden consumes you and consumes your life. Men, as you look at pornography, your thoughts begin to change. Your heart begins to change. And I will promise you this, in time, your activities will also change. And you will find yourself consumed in sin. The first thing is this. Pornography consumes you in sin. And a little becomes a little more. And it becomes a lot. And then it consumes your life. And your activities will eventually change. Sin, pornography consumes you in sin. Second thing is this. And understand this just as clearly. Pornography conforms you to the world. Pornography conforms you to the world. Now, now, what I'm saying is this. It takes you away from the things of God. It takes you away from thoughts of God. And it shapes you, it forms you to the pattern of the world. And that's, that's just the truth of it. Be very clear. Understand this. Pornography is a worldly thing. Pornography is a thing of the world. Look at our advertising today. Look, at, look at, at what we see on TV today. Look at the shows that we watch today. And you think, man, how, how, how quickly things have, have turned a corner. Remember when, when I Love Lucy and they slept in separate beds? And now you watch TV and it's just a free-for-all on TV. And you're, you're sitting there with your kids. And you go, well, I'm going to watch a game. But then the converse, commercials for some, for some crazy thing. Look at our, at our advertising today, our TV today. Listen to the jokes we tell today, the things that we think are funny today. I was thinking about this, and I really hadn't thought about it until I was confronted with it. About two years ago, Carrie and I were, were taking a, a weekend off, a vacation, and we decided to go to a Dallas Cowboys game. What, how can that be bad? We're going to go to a Dallas Cowboys game. But for the very first time, I, at that time I had a 10-year-old son and a 7-year-old son, and maybe more Im impactful than that, I had a 15-year-old daughter, and for the first time, I saw things differently at this game. Here we are, and there's dancers. Remember when there used to be seven or eight cheerleaders out front? They have dancers in the end zone. They have dancers up on podiums. They had dancers hanging from things that look like a club that I went to in college. They had dancers up front, dancers out back, dancers where they're selling all the Coors Light. And, and these dancers, and I, I, there's cheerleading. I think there's still that. But you know what? There, there's dancing that looked like something you would see in a strip club. And I'm telling you, at a Dallas Cowboys game on a Sunday afternoon in Dallas, Texas, I sat there and I watched and for the very first time. I thought, you know what? I would hate for my little sons to think this is the expectation that we have for women. I would think for my little sons to sit and watch and think this is the normal thing that we expect from our women. Worse than that, I would hate for my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, to think this is the value that we've placed on her. Hang her from somewhere and let her dance for people as they watch a football game. 
pornography and the consumption of it shapes you to be like the world. It shapes you to, to think like the world. Here, here's what Satan does, and I, I see the pattern all the time. Satan wants you to say, it's okay. Satan wants you to say, you know what, it's not so bad. And I, I can pick a lot, of, a lot of different areas, but, but Satan's plan is first to expose you to sin and to, to let you see sin and to expose you to sin. And that's how it starts to work. And then Satan's next step is that you begin to accept sin. That you would say, okay, it's, it's fine. We would start to accept sin. And then there would be a day that you would start to celebrate sin. Look at the homosexual movement. First, you're exposed to it. We tell our kids, you know what, it's just a normal thing and it's not something we can talk about. The Bible has talked about it. And we, we're exposed to it. And then you start to accept it. And you say, you know what, well, who am I to talk about that? And if that's what they want to do, that's fine for them. And so where we once were exposed to it, now we accept it. And then the last thing, we begin to celebrate it. We show up and say, you know what, this is freedom and this is ultimate freedom and we'll celebrate it even in the face of God. Pornography consumes you in sin. It also conforms you to the world. And then the last thing is this. Pornography constricts you in guilt. Now listen very carefully to this one. It constricts you in guilt. Now what that means is this. The shame of it and the guilt of it, and, I, and I'll just tell you that, you can say what you want about that, but there is shame in it. There is guilt to it. And the shame of it and the guilt of it causes you to start to see yourself, causes you to start to say, well, I, I'm too messed up. I'm, I'm too messed up to be the husband that God's called me to be. I won't even attempt to try that. If my wife knew the things that I looked at and the things that I'm thinking, I can never be the husband that God called me to be. And it causes you to think, you know what? I can't be the dad that God's built me to be. I can't ever be that dad that he's, he's made me to be. If my kids knew the things that I endeavor into, it causes you to say, you know what, I can't serve in my church. If my church knew what I do and knew the things that I'm looking at, if they could see my thoughts, they wouldn't even allow me in their church. I can't serve in my church because of this guilt and this shame. And it literally binds you up. It literally ties you up in guilt. Let me tell you this. What a victory that is for Satan to take men and to tie them up and to rob them from their homes. To, to take men and to rob them from their wives. She doesn't get the husband she ought to have because guilt's got you all tied up. To take men and to, to rob them from their churches. And in all of these things where godly men ought to be standing and where godly men ought to be leading, there's another vacancy and another vacancy and another vacancy and all the men have gone missing. Pornography constricts you in guilt. You know what? I can't be a husband like that. I can't be a, a dad like that. I can't lead in a church like that. Satan takes that guilt and he constricts you and he robs those situations of a godly man. Friends, it is a serious thing. It is a serious thing. So here we sit tonight, today. The only thing I can say, well, what's the answer? Well, what's, what's the answer? What's the remedy for that? We sit here and if the statistics are true, more than half of us here are having this battle. What is the answer for that? What is the remedy for that? Let me tell you, it's the $10 million question. What is the answer for that? Now, let me just say this. I hear all sorts of things. 
and I see all sorts of plans. People will say, well, you know what? If you'll follow this plan, this is the remedy. You know what? If you'll follow this, this is the answer. Let me just tell you this, and I'll just, I'm going to shout it as loud as I can. There is no secret plan. There is no secret formula. There is no magic pill. In fact, the answer for this sin is the answer for all sins. Well, you know what? If you'll come, I'll tell you the answer to this. You know what? If you'll come to this group, I'll give you the, the secret formula for this. Listen, the answer for this sin is the answer for all sins. And let me tell you what the answer is. Here's the answer, three parts. First is this, confess and repent. First step is this, confess and repent. Now, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you will confess our sin, your sin. Now, what that word confess means in the original language, it means if you will agree with God about it. You know what? That's a sin, and it's a sin against you. If you'll confess your sin, it says this, he is faithful and just, 1 John 1, 9, to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Did you hear that? As a follower of Jesus Christ, if I'll come and say, you know what, Lord, this is a sin, and I know it's sickening before you, and I know it's a sin against you, and I agree with what you've said about this, and if I will confess that sin, here's what the Bible says. He will forgive me of that sin, remove the debt of it. He will cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I want you to understand, that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? That's the good news. Jesus is the remedy for sin, all of our sin. He takes the shame of our sin. He takes the guilt of our sin. He takes the condemnation of our sin and he takes it to the cross of Calvary and there he bears it before a holy God and he pays the penalty for it that we might not have to. Let me tell you the good news is this. There is forgiveness for all of our sin. There's restoration for all of our sin. There's renewal for all of our sin. We get a new start. We get a clean slate. We become the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. What's that worth? What is that worth? A clean slate. Forgiveness before a holy God. What is that worth? I want to tell you, that is worth everything. That is what we have in Jesus Christ. If you'll confess your sins, he is faithful and he's just. He'll forgive you of that sin and he'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Here's the second step. Second step is this. First, confess your sin. Repent. Second step is this. Cut off all opportunity. Cut off all opportunity. Now, you might say, well, that, that sounds practical. Is that biblical? Let me tell you what Jesus says. Jesus says, if your eye is causing you to stumble, these are his words, tear it out and throw it from you. Let me, let me tell you, we ought, to, we ought to be a little bit serious about this. We ought to be diligent in this. This is what Jesus says. If your eye causes you to stumble, it's better for you to tear it out and to throw it away from you. Remove yourself from all opportunity. Paul, Paul says this, flee from all immorality. In the original language, the word for immorality has the same word, word, root word, pornea, as does pornography. Flee from all immorality. The word flee means this. It's not hard. It means literally to turn around the other direction and run and run and run and run for your life. It means to run from it. We are, we are a dumb set of folks. Here's, here's what we do instead. 
we want to flirt with it. We, we want to skirt around it. Well, what in the world? I, I, can't, I can't miss the game. I'll take my kids there, and I'll just, I'll just hope nothing comes to this. I hope it works out. You know what? I can watch this show, and I understand you know, that's not the best part, but, but, but it's part of the show, and we, we, we want to crowd the line. If this is the line, we want to get as, as close to we can as the line, and I want to stand, and I want to crowd the line and hope I'm not going to cross the line. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what Jesus says. Here's what Paul says. Draw a line and turn the other way and run from it. Run from it. You ought not put yourself in a position to be tempted. Our TVs, our computers, our phones, probably the, the reason this thing's growing like crazy is our phones that we have in our hands. You know, maybe you need to take the passwords off all those things. Maybe you need to turn the screen around where everybody can see what you're doing in your office. The biblical directive is this, flee from it, run from it. The third step is this. Cast your eyes upon Jesus. Hold on a minute. That, that sounds kind of squirrely, doesn't it? The answer for, for pornography and really the answer for all sins, the third part is this. Cast your eyes upon Jesus. Now, I want you to hear me very carefully here. This is the only sustainable answer. Your willpower is not enough. You know what? I, I've got willpower. I'm not going to go back there. Your good intention, it will fail. You know what, I've, I've got great intentions. No, I'm not going back there. You know what, your strength and your resolve. Listen, I'm not gonna do it. I've got resolve. Your resolve will fall short. You have to put your eyes on Jesus. This is the only sustainable answer. Now, what in the world does that mean? That sounds like some Sunday school answer. It means this. You have to spend more and then more time in God's word. You have to spend more and more time in God's word. You have to read his word and you have to study his word and you need to be where his word is preached. You have to spend more and more time in God's word. You have to spend more and then more time in prayer. God, lead me away from temptation. God, order my steps today. God, forgive me where I failed. God, help me put my eyes somewhere else. You have to spend more time and then more time in prayer. You know what? Here's something else we're missing. You need to spend more time and then you need to spend more time with God's people. You know what, the influences we run around with shape us. You need to be around those that are chasing the same thing. You need to spend more time and then more time with God's people. You have to grow in your awe of Jesus Christ. You know what, I've seen that he is faithful. I understand that he forgives. I prayed to him today. I spent time in his word. I'm with a bunch of brothers with the same idea and I am growing in my awe of Jesus. Here it is very simply. More of Jesus is the answer. Well, that sounds dumb. You can't sell books saying that, can you? You can't, you can't make some big deal. Well, what do you do about your sin problem? More of Jesus is the answer. Well, I'm not sure I buy that. Well, I don't know if you understand how strong these chains are. Well, let me just tell you, brother, you go and try it your own way and you see how it goes. More of Jesus is the answer. You know what we do? We confess our sin. I, I'm a sinner. I'm a mess. I'm a sinner. I've got an issue with this sin. You know what? I, I need to cut off every, every opportunity 
and I want to turn and I want to put my eyes on Christ and I want to focus on him. And I've got to start picking up my Bible and spending time in prayer. I've got to spend time reading it and considering that. I need to be around better people, different people. More of Jesus is the answer. I got that all tacked out today and I thought, you know what? That's just the gospel. That's the gospel, isn't it? Confess your sin. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you for that sin. He'll remove it from you. And then walk with Jesus. We're forgetting that's part of the gospel. Part of the gospel is you're right with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. What do we do with our eyes as men? Listen to these words written 97 years ago. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know what the answer for our sin problem is this? More of Jesus. Glad you're here. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. We come and we just tell you, Lord, we're sinners, all of us. And we may pretend one way. We may act like we've got it figured out. Every man here, Lord, we are a sinner. We know what to do and we don't do it. We know what we ought to stop doing. We keep doing it. Lord, we come to you as sinners and we tell you, we love you as the Savior for our sin. We're thankful for forgiveness. I pray that you would convict us, that we would be smart, we would be wise, we would confess that sin, that we would leave it with you. I pray that we would understand that we have to flee from all of these temptations, that we would turn and walk away from them, run from them. And I pray that we would be a people that understand we have to walk with Jesus. Help us pick up our Bibles and know your word. Help us be where the Bible is preached and taught. Help us, Lord, to spend time in prayer. Help us to be with Christian fellowship. And then help us to walk with you. Lord, we come and we're we're sorry about this sin. Lord, we're, we're sorry for the damage that it's cost. But we also know that you're the Savior of all sin. And so I thank you for the grace and the mercy shown to us as sinners in Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Glad you're here today.